Welcome to episode 110 of The Space in Between, and today we're going to be sitting with Dion Roberts, who has some extraordinary <laughs> stories to share of her, her healing journey. And I really resonated with, with, with her path, and you'll find out as you, as you listen. Uh, but a couple things happening in Nomadland... This weekend, we have Dig Into Movement. So my Movement 109 practice will be coming together in ceremony to dig in, get grounded before we start to shift and transition into a new season. Spring is coming, my friends. Uh, So yes, we will be doing that uh, on Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So hopefully you can join us. Would love to see you there, part of our community, and move together, breathe together dig in together. And if you want to do something more on the self-paced route, I have my Who Are You Becoming? This is a six-week self-paced online course where you can dig into this movement practice as well as guided meditations are there and journal prompts and other expanded awareness practices and then actual practical tools to integrate those practices into your life and, and really embody who you want to become and and belong. We talked about that last week with with Anthony about belonging, not necessarily fitting in, but actually belonging. So I truly believe that this Who Are You Becoming uh, series is, is all about becoming belonging in this world because we need you to be you. So you can go and find out more over at nomadalwaysathome.com. And there's also a live element too that is beginning this month. It's begun. You can join in and we have, you can join in with the weekly calls each week. I work with the group and give a little bit of insight and specific exercises for you to integrate into your world so that you can feel that in your bones that you belong here. I know that you belong here. So let's let you know that you belong here. So for that, let's now go ahead and shift and sit with Dion. All right. I am with Dion Roberts and I'm so happy that you are here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Hello. Thank you so much. I know. I just, you and I, connected through the Facebook group Yoga Me or Yoga Me Free Yoga Me and you were offering sound healing I was like oh I really enjoy this human being and then you saw me and you were like oh I really enjoy that human being and I think we both contacted each other you might have contacted me first but I was you were on my list I can't remember who contacted who first but one of us did and we both were like wait I was gonna do that with you so we, um, yeah, we've done a little bit of collaboration already and I am just, and, and the first time we talked, I was just like, oh my God, she's my sister. I just, yeah. Well, the first time I listened to one of your, your classes and I did one of your classes, yeah. I was like, I've done that bit before. And I was like, yeah, enjoy this. And then I was like, whoa, she's taking it to a whole nother level. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. And that's why I reached out. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's obvious. We, we love each other so much. So Dion, <laughs> but I don't know a whole lot about your, your story. So first of all, where are you right now? What are you doing in your life? And then we can kind of learn about how you got there. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm British, which you might know by my by my accent. <laughs> um, I was born in the UK. Um, we call it first first generation British. Mm. My parents, both of them, are from Jamaica. Okay. My roots then from then go from Panama and Ireland to um, to Africa. Okay. So that's my whole lineage on both sides. I love it. And so you have been, you grew up though, you grew up, it sounds like in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. I was born here. Okay. Yeah. And so right now, because we're still in basically lockdown. So what is that like for you or how, how are you doing right now? Yeah. Um, the UK it's in its, it's official second lockdown, but they gave us a date and we were supposed to come out after Christmas. Yeah. And now we are going into March this weekend and we are still in lockdown. Yeah. So I've been calling it lockdown 2.3. Yeah. <laughs> because before Christmas, Christmas was lockdown, yeah. you know, 2.0. Yeah. So we're 2.3 in, in my eyes. Yeah. And um, as a an entrepreneur, yeah. um, of a, you know, being a yoga teacher and a healer and being in the entrepreneurial space for most of my life. Yeah. So that's over 23 years. To be in this position of, of not having the stability of an income and having to move everything online mm-hmm. has been challenging. It has. Yeah. It's been an adventure. Um, so, you know, it's been up, it's been down, it's been interesting and learning all these new technologies and platforms. The best thing that has come out of it is the people, yeah. the people, just like, like, just finding you, being able to connect with you. Yeah. Um, I feel like my, my aura is has just has expanded out. It's always been big anyway. That's why I've been an empath. Yeah. But it feels like it's halfway between here and the States. That's how big it is yeah. because of the communication yeah. um, of all the different people that whose time zones I live in. So I live in my own, but I also live in theirs yeah. in reference to communicating with them. Yeah. So I always have to have sort of a um, an essence as to what time it is in this part of the States, that part of the States, in Canada, um, in Italy, in India, to be able to work and communicate with everybody. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting way of seeing it because I don't know if we should go there right away, but I was just joking about Clubhouse and you and I are friends (laughs) on Clubhouse and I knew what time it was there and certain times I'd log on thinking, it's late here and Dion's in this room, so she must not ever sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I I absolutely love this new app. I absolutely love it. I've only been on three weeks, and the thing is, I'm not a I'm not a, mill- um, a millennium. Yeah. So I'm not young, and therefore, social media to me isn't what it is to someone who is 25 per se. Yeah. So I see social media like any entrepreneur as a place to do business. Yeah. I go on, I do my shit. I leave. Yeah. And I go on with compassion to work, but I leave. Yeah. And then Clubhouse, I mean, I should have joined. I had my link. I could have joined in the summer. I didn't do because I had that mind of, no, another one. I can't cope with another one. No more, no more, no more. And then I, 
leaving one of the um, um, finishing a coaching program that I've been on training and sort of like making sure that I've got, you know, all the things all my things connected that I need to have connected to be able to level up and progress I thought let me just join Clubhouse and I joined and on the first night that I joined which was the first day before Valentine's Day yes it just warmed my heart and I saw I can't put this I saw I already said the word shit once. I'm just going to say it again. I saw my shit come up. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can say any words. I saw my shit come up, which is like, um, you know, the things that we want to avoid. When I say I saw my shit come up. So the layers of, oh, do I want to face that? And, you know, having a mirror. Yeah. A mirror um, placed up in front of me. Yeah. And it's like essences of myself that I have to face. Yeah. And that came up for me on Clubhouse. And, um, And it comes up. For everybody, I think at different times because it it's an it's an it's an app where we have to engage. You don't have to engage, but if you want to fully get the essence of it, you will engage. Yeah. And engaging means talking, and it's talking without your body language, necessarily without your tone, um, without your your arms flaring if you do use your arms mm-hmm. to speak. Um, without not talking and being heard by the way you look. Yeah. And um, not having any of those things to go on and just having 90 seconds to say your point can be challenging. Yeah. And it will be challenging definitely at some point or another. Yeah. And sometimes you get burnt by that experience. And other times your words land and you are heard. And that makes you feel touched by everybody on the stage and in the audience. And that you really, you feel amazing by having touched somebody and given that amount of value to everybody in the room. So either way, it's a learning, it's a deep learning. And then there's so many aspects of it in the sense of you can get whatever it is that you want. If you want entertainment, you can get entertainment. So Valentine's Day, I'm single. So Valentine's Day, I was in Clubhouse. Do you know what I mean? I was speed dating on Clubhouse on Valentine's Day. (laughs) In my working hours, when I want to work and level up, then I can be in the business rooms and I can be networking and I can be talking and I can be reaching out to people and I can be working. And then in the evenings, when I want to personally and spiritually develop myself, I can be there and I can be receiving and I can be filling up my cup. So it offers all those three areas and more. That's why I'm in love. Yeah. Oh, I love how you just spoke to that. The the coming up, the shit coming up that you're speaking to. It's funny. I was just on a call with somebody that I met through Clubhouse, uh, and I just spoke to her. She's in Italy, and we just had a call before, and she was saying the same thing of of all of her stuff coming up too. And but she said it in a different way. She was kind of speaking to sort of the cliques, like the different clubs, right? If you fit in with the cool kids or not. That was her stuff coming up. And you're, you're saying like, it's really the mirror of how you see yourself. And, and then also just these, 
the how dynamic you are. I mean, and that's so beautiful that you're seeing these three different types of you, right? The the girl who's single and she wants to mingle with the, you know, like a meet her person. But then you also have a business and you have to go to those, you know, coaching, management, marketing, you know, classes and rooms. And then you have the spiritual side. And I am in the same place too. And it really is a place where you can thrive in all of those. But the other, the other apps, I feel like you do have to create some sort of persona to a certain extent, especially if you are an entrepreneur, you know, you have to kind of create this. And I, I think that you and I both are very authentic in those because I've seen you over there too. But it is, it's like, okay, well, this is my purpose is for my business. So I'm not going to share so much about that. Like I'm single and ready to be like be fun and flirty. But um, yeah, we have to kind of carry ourselves in a different way. So I love that you spoke to that just now. Um, and I, I think we need to start to get like, um, money from Clubhouse to promote them all the time because I've been talking about them a lot too the past couple of weeks. But anyway, <laughs> that's aside the fact. I want to talk about you, Dion. So because I know that you have a really interesting story that brought you to right now being, you know, this spiritual person who has these beautiful offerings and has your own business and also, you know, working in this realm of the virtual world too and being in the lockdown in UK, but you know, what, what brought you first of all to this, you know, we'll call it the spiritual path. Um, what was your life like that kind of, did you choose this? Did life choose it for you? Oh, wow. That's an interesting one. That's such a good question. Um, Ooh, I want to say the word paradox, because that's what you're going to be talking about tonight in Clubhouse. Yes, we are. You're going to be there. I know. So it's like, I I didn't choose it. However, and this is it, it's like, it's like I I must have chosen it in another lifetime. Mm. Because regardless of what I wanted out of my life, there's a blueprint that's already mapped. There was a blueprint that already came. Yeah. And so when I say I didn't choose it, it was it was because that blueprint was going to be heard regardless. Mm-hmm. So like I was the child that was, put it this way, I saw many things. I could see. So we called it a seer. I was a seer. I could see many, many things. And therefore my mother called in, my mother had to call in the priest um, to bless the home. She had to do lots of lots of things so that I could sleep. Okay. Because she wanted to clear the house. It was always um, this child can't sleep. You know, she saw this ghost. She saw that ghost. She saw this person and that person. She keeps waking us up. So it's about taking me to the doctors and then getting somebody into the house. And it was just like constant Mm -hmm. stuff like that because of how much I was in the waking world, but was very, very, very close to the dream world. Mm And um, and the thing is, you're, you, you, we get the parents as well that kind of um, atta- um, cater for that too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had a father that worked late, and his way of connecting to me when I was a baby was to take me out of the car. So, p- p- you know, purposely wake me up mm-hmm. to have dinner with him. Okay. 
because that was his time for spending with his baby. Yes. But when he stopped doing that job, I still woke up every single oh, night, yes. slept, you know, in my sleep, sleepwalking with my pillow, and I would fall down the stairs. Oh. They would hear, do 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 doosh. And I would sleep on that last step for yes. about two hours until I woke up cold and then went back to bed. because in the beginning he used to start to get me and then it was you know it's every single night this child would sleepwalk so it's just like oh I'm too tired leave it she'll wake up in a moment see in that process I would see a lot of stuff I would see something in my bedroom I would hear the tapping on my window I saw Dracula in the bath I mean you name me I saw it yeah yeah (laughs) so um when my spiritual path officially started in my 20s it was because I was I was training at the Northern School of Contemporary Dance and I damaged my back in three places okay and um I had to I mean I was you know I was I was gone I was messed up I was injured I was disabled I couldn't walk I had to relearn everything so going, starting from the point of view of wanting to get better, to get back on the stage, mm-hmm. to then lowering my expectations of wanting to get better, to be able to carry my own shopping home, to wanting to get better, to just being able to get my laundry from the basement upstairs. Yeah. That's how much I lowered my expectations because yeah. that's how... How, how damaged my body was. Wow. And that then sent me on a journey of healing. Okay. And I had, I tried everything and I had so much to heal. Yeah. And a year before this injury, I, um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis a year before my back went out. So they played a part together. Mm -hmm. And although I I was only diagnosed a year before that, my family and I knew, because I was 21 then, but my family and I knew that I had something wrong wrong with me when I was 11. So I lived from 11 to 21 in excruciating menstrual pain. So when I say there was a play between the diagnosis and the damage of my back, it was because due to the the amount of um, the effects of the hormonal treatments I was on, um, the effects of them would make me black out. Mm-hmm. So I'd be on stage doing something like a jeté, mm-hmm. which is a leap in the air, and I would wake up like I did as a child at the bottom wow. of the stairs, just crashed out on the floor because I blacked out somewhere in the air. Yeah. So that repetitiveness... Of, of damage being caused, um, eventually it, ha- my, my, it happened to my spine. And actually wasn't up in the air. I was actually standing on the ground when, when I did the, you know, the back injury officially. Um, so, so I had so many layers that I needed to heal yeah. for my body to be healthy and, you know, so-called normal. I just wanted it to be functional to the point of view of being able to live a better quality of life. Yeah. So I tried everything and I did everything and I got into absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And um, 
when I was ready to think about work and getting a career together again, I knew I wanted to be a practitioner of something. I couldn't face doing another BA, and that was the truth, or would have been I would have chosen osteopathy or chiropractic work. So I just thought, what is the easiest and the quickest thing that I can do that I could help other people with? Mm-hmm. And that was massage. Okay. And that was a shock to me because I didn't know that you could train as a missus. Because massage to me was like food and drink and sleeping. Yeah. Um, I had a massage every single night to go to bed from the day I was born to the age of 11. Mm. So when I learned now that I had to pay somebody to massage me to get me better, and that same person also trained me to become a missus, I mean, that, that, was, that was such an eye-opener for me because it was like, people pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and when I went to dance school and we were on the benches, you know, I would massage everybody in my yeah. class until it was my time to rehearse. Yeah. No, I was just the massage lady that massaged everybody, but I never knew it was a living, yeah. that it was a profession. So, um, so that was bizarre. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I, I'll do that. And then I'll go traveling because I'm now healthy enough. My spine is strong enough to carry a rucksack. Yeah. So that became my dream after I could lift my own laundry yeah. from the basement upstairs and then increase my expectation to be able to carry a rucksack. And I thought, as soon as I can carry a rucksack without pain, I'm getting on a plane. And I did. So I saw that as like my healing of my backstory, so to speak. Now, one of the things I tried in that whole journey of of trying every form of complementary medicine to help myself, I also started Ashtanga Yoga. Okay. So when I got on the plane and I went to, where was it? What was the first place we went? Um, It was Southeast Asia. I knew I wanted to do two things there. Um, No, one thing. I knew that I wanted to train in Thai, Thai yoga massage. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. So I was like, I will go to Thailand in that journey and I would train in Thai massage. But Lord and behold, um, I found more of the massage. I came back um, a Thai missus, but I also came back a yoga teacher. And I also came back a Buddhist. <laughs> so I came back with those three things from that trip. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love it. There's so much there. And the more that I connect with you, the more I see how similar we are because I too, I don't know if you know, well, yeah, I think you do know that I was a dancer as well. And, and then also I'm really curious because I'm actually, I don't know if I told you this, but I'm writing a book about my story and what you almost sound like you were doing too. So I'm curious to know more about your story, but you know, me, I don't necessarily think I never called myself the seer, but I definitely sensed things. I was more like Claire, what is it? Claire cognizant. And I, you know, Claire, that's like knowing, but then also the sensing, the the feeling it in your body. You actually saw things like Claire, um, clairvoyant, right? Um, and but I, for me, I thought it was a curse. And so I'm curious to know if you, if there was something that shut it down, because that's what it sounds like. Is that you didn't understand it? Your family might not have understood it. Like you said, they were taking you to doctors and cleansing the energy. But it sounds like something around 11, because you said 11 a couple of times, like something shut that down 
And then it came back when you were in your early 20s with this injury and endometriosis hit hit its wall, right, that you couldn't take it anymore. Um, it sounds like that was that crack that needed to, that led you back on this path of spirituality and, and reclaiming these gifts that you have. So that's actually what my book is about is understanding this, these gifts that we have, but seeing them sort of as curses. That was my my case. And then reclaiming them in our adulthood on this journey. So I'm curious to know more about if you have any um, insight on that for yourself, you know, um, how you shut it down or why you shut it down. So like, um, I don't know why I shut it down at 11 as such. Yeah. There was huge things happening in my family right about that time of me being 11. Okay. Like my parents splitting up. Yeah. Um, going into, you know, from a girl to a lady. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Just the breaking down of um, having to step up in my family because everybody was leaving. Mm. So there was, a, so, you know, I was going to be the next one, the next, you know, the next, the you know, the, an, an adult, basically, going into adulthood. And then um, I am more, I'm less of a seer now. I'm more of a kinetic touch clairvoyant, like, yeah. like you just expressed within yourself. Yeah. And... I wasn't consciously, I didn't consciously shut it down between 11 and 19, not consciously. Yeah. But when I got to 23, in that healing process of trying to heal myself, I do remember consciously shutting it down. Yeah. So like, although I was on the spiritual journey of it, all of it coming in, um instead of being instead of describing myself now as a yoga teacher and a therapist i would be i would have i would be describing myself as a medium and a clairvoyant okay so i didn't want to so when it came back i wanted to accept it to a certain degree mm-hmm. this is in my early 20s but i consciously chose to not fully fully accept that side of mm-hmm. the seer I remember, for example, I um, so the counselling work. I um, I had a counsellor, um, did some psychotherapy, then did some counselling training to help with my clients, and then I trained in co-counselling, which is a brilliant technique. So you're both counsellor and you swap okay. in that process as well. And when I would be the the counsellor for the person, I would be able to see absolutely everything around them the energy of them and the energy of everything around them. And I'd be saying to myself, would you would you just go away so I can just like hear him? Because it sends you into a different place that you're not necessarily hearing, you know, words because mm-hmm. you're you're so focused on everything else and yeah. he needs me mm-hmm. to like be focused on what he's saying, yeah. you know? Yeah. So so things like that I would like say, no, shut it down, shut it down. Okay. And then um when I when I had when I got back from that trip and my earning potential was really big at that time, 
I also shut it down because I was getting burnt out. I did, I burnt out. So I had my, 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 my clients, my client list was huge. And not only was it big, I could, the clairvoyance that I had then is that I would feel what was going on in the other person within my own body. Yeah. So, so I would, you know, I would go, um, you know, you, your, your ovaries like this, Um, your liver is like this, um, your heart palpitation, you know, you actually, you know, so you need to go to the doctor because I think you've got a, um, a heart murmur. Yeah. Um, you need to go to the doctor because you possibly have a disease in your, and it's like, I can't say the C word. And that's all I can say to the person because, you know, and, um, and all these things were true. They would go, yeah. they would go to the hospital, go to the doctor, get, go to the hospital, get their scan. And they would call me up with the results being exactly what I could feel in my own body. Yeah. And I couldn't, it wouldn't be like, it's like when one client went, some of it would go, but some of it would still stay within me. And although I knew all the practices of cleansing and shutting down, there was always a residue within me. And then the next client, and there was a residue, and then the next client would leave a residue, and the next client would leave a residue. And basically, I just got burnt out. And when I met um, one of the biggest um, Buddhist teachers that I had in my life, he he worked with me on this. Okay. And he said, you've just got to shut it down. Mm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't stop you from being an amazing therapist. Mm. You can still be that without having their shit. So just shut it down. Yeah. And he literally just, he, you know, when teachers are like that, they're like a parental parent yeah. as well. Yeah. And it was such a father, he told me that fatherly, fatherly way, yeah. shut it down. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah. I, so, I, so And that's been my protection ever since. Yeah. And I can still kind of go... This is what you need. Even when they're telling their story and there's a third party in that story, yeah. I can go, look, you know, I think this woman has has bipolar. So the best way to deal with her for you to not be injured in your life is to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. So I still have all that knowledge and all that insight and all, all of that, you know. Yeah. It's still there in different ways, but it's not damaging my body anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like more so that you learned how to set clear boundaries for yourself so you didn't completely shut it down but you now have some sort of conscious or unconscious boundaries that you set and so you can it sounds like you can be that guidance and be that you know that medium to share what you need to share but not have the energy come back at you it seems like um and and it sounds like you really did you took on I have to look up what endometriosis was. Uh, you know, I, I use this book. Maybe you probably know of it. Louise Hay, Heal Your Heal Your Life. And I I swear every time I have something or I know of somebody who's going through, I look it up and it is usually spot on. And I and you and I had this discussion too. I had I was possibly diagnosed as, with endometriosis, but it was most it was most likely fibroids. But I remember looking it up, and I don't remember what it was, but I'm going to have to look it up because I'm curious to know 
what it is now. I'll send you a message after this. Have you? Yeah, have you I can't it? remember. Okay, I was going to ask if you had looked it up, but um, no, I did back then in those days. Yeah, yeah, um, but I I would be curious to see how it relates to that that journey that you were on. You know, at eleven, it sounds like you said you kind of had to shut things down in a different way than as opposed to your twenties when you shut it down again. But you had to kind of just be a grown up, as you said you know, become a lady. I love how you say it, lady. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, and it was just, okay, that sleepwalking thing, that seeing things that can't happen anymore. And then, you know, you, it still somewhat bubbled up for you becoming, you know, stepping into these different roles, but it was just, again, I can't take it. I have to, your teacher literally said, shut it down. And now it sounds like you're in this third phase you've been on this third phase since then where you have now integrated in a way that's healthy for you. So you can not shut it down, but really embody it in a safe way for yourself and to help others. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, my, my partner at that time, um, when I was like traveling around South America, for example, he, um, he used to have this, 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 this way of, um, of understanding it. Yeah. So like, um, to know how, like, we, we, we generally say that women are, are very intuitive beings, mm-hmm. and our womb makes us quite extra, extra, extraordinarily intuitive. So, like, do you know when you so intuition works by a knowing, it's a deep knowing, yeah. And when you've got seer qualities and clairvoyant qualities and kinesthetic qualities and all these other qualities with it it's so much heightened and it's clear. Yeah. So I still have it. And um, being able to deal with that in a relationship or in other, you know, in in just all relationships, I can explain it in reference to this intimate relationship of of a partner, of a boyfriend, by saying that when we would like argue something and I would be going, you just have to believe me. I just know, just do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he would go, have you, have, have you, have you, um, what did he say? Have you, have you spoke to the woman's court and have you all been in Congress and have you all, um, I said, yes, yes. <laughs> and then he would know that that's the final answer and then he would do it. I love it. Yeah. I've definitely been in those situations too. I mean, I didn't get the the approval like you did of the women's court. Okay, cool. But I've been in situations too where I just felt something in my bones and it didn't, it seems like an absolutely crazy idea to other people, but I just knew in my bones and pretty much every time I've had that feeling, it's happened. Um, good and bad stuff, I'll say, you know, yeah. the good and the bad. So. Uh, I totally understand. I connect with what you're saying completely, and I love that. Have you have you t- communicated with the court? Is that what he said? The women's court. Yeah, yeah. the women's court. Yeah. And you know what? What has the jury said? And has yeah. the jury? Is the jury adjourned? Has the jury come out? And it'd be a jury of all women, you see. So he would understand yes. it in that we way. Now we are. Yeah. Yes. The voice of reason. <laughs> I love it. So. It sounds like you've traveled the world, you have been on this healing journey, and you know, the little that I know of where you are right now, it's it feels like 
um, looking at the hero's journey, you know, that arc of the hero's journey of going out and collecting all these different tools, having lots of different obstacles. And now you're in this sense of coming home. It sounds like you've been in the UK after all these travels for a bit of time. You started your own business and and now it looks like you are, even though you were doing it the whole time, but you're really offering what your gifts are to the world in a different way. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? What what has that been like for you? Um, well, the bit that we've just like talked about and um, you know what you just found out about me that has actually happened three times in my life. Oh yeah, what what part happened three times? Like how you've managed, how you've um, summarized everything. Oh, yeah. Okay, the art that of it. Three times in my life. Oh, like you came home three times and then you went out on another journey and then you came home. Okay, got it. I love it. Yeah. So you're coming home the third time. Do you want to speak to the other so two I'm coming first? the third time. Okay. And um, this third time has, has done exactly, you know, like, the, like, like what we said at the beginning about how this space in between mm-hmm. for me opens up you know we talked about the possibility of clairvoyance and the extent of clairvoyance but it opens up a a um, a cauldron of healing that needs to be done and um and that is where I am and coming out of at, at the same time so the place that I came back from, was um, South America. So when I say three times, each one of those three times, I've like sold everything. I bought a one-way ticket and I've, you know, I've dropped myself in a continent and not knowing where I'd be going or where I'd be traveling back from. So the first time I did it was actually um, 10 years ago, um, 2010. And it was to South America. And I came back in 2011. And um, the economy was very different. It took longer to get a job. It took two months. Mm. Whereas previous time, it took two weeks or two days. Yeah. And um, and I, I feel like I've been on a healing journey since. And it's been one after another, after another, after another. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, when I come back, because until I know where I'm going to be living, I don't necessarily set up my business straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I take some work in private health or, or in the, um, the actual um governmental health system that we have here in the UK it's called the NHS so I work for certain hospitals and so I did that to begin with um I did the traveling one to begin with so I was working for private care and then traveling around my country and I did that for the first three years up until 2015 okay and then after that I've just been on a healing journey and a healing journey and a healing journey as I've been opening my myself my my work up my own um entrepreneurial self-employed work 
So I came back with teaching um, candlelight yoga. And then my healing journey has taken, because each time I come back, I teach another form of yoga. (laughs) So it it was candlelight yoga um, back then in 2014. We have to to get you to teach Movement 109 next. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, actually. Yeah, (laughs) I have been kind of feeling that, actually, a little bit. I have, got to say. Um, And then more recently which was 2015, 16. Okay. And then um, decided um, yoga nidra and sound healing. Yeah. So that's the form of yoga that I currently, even now, yeah. in 2021, that's the yoga that I, that I teach, that I practice, that I give um, yeah. the world. That's so beautiful. I want to just highlight to what you were saying is there's a healing and another healing is that I think what you know, you clearly know, and I know, but I want to just highlight for everybody out there that we're never just healed. Check that off the list. I'm done. It's just, it's a constantly healing. And then there's another layer of healing and then there's another layer and it sounds, and you just demonstrate it so beautifully. You know, you had, you had this other opportunity to heal again but then you also got this other tool to for yourself to heal the sound healing the yoga nidra but then you you got to share it with your community and so every time you went through something you gathered another gift and gave it back out for other people to heal and that's just such a beautiful cycle that you um just narrated so beautifully and I just wanted to acknowledge that um, yeah, because like um, that's the paradox that if I do come join you tonight, yes, that's please. the paradox that I be sharing. Yeah. Um, is that we don't so much now because now as entrepreneurs we are encouraged to get in touch with our, our own personal story and share our story, which is what you do so fabulously. But back in the eighties, for example, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't share that you were ill. Yeah. while you were going after your audience mm-hmm. it was like your audience didn't yeah. didn't want somebody that was on a journey yeah. that was in the space in between right. and if they knew that you had something then that would that would be a testament that your product or your work was no good oh, that's so true that's you remember? so true I'm just thinking of like the big shoulder pads and the big hair and like just <laughs> But just, I'm saying that, like, because it was just like, let me create this big personality that I'm really not. And I think that's why to go kind of back to the shutting things down, that's why I had a really hard time because I grew up in the 80s as well, um, where I had a lot of shame of what my family was, you know, who my father, even though he was this beautiful human being, um, he turned into a monster and I felt that and sensed it. So even just my gifts, but also the dynamics of my family I was really ashamed of because it wasn't the perfect, not even trying to sell anything like you're alluding to, but like just that perfect house on the perfect suburban block. We were not that. And I felt ashamed of that. And so, um, I, I think that that's where we are right now because there's so many of us who lived through that time where everything had to be perfect and we realized that did not work for us. No, it did not. And let's show our beautiful, as my, as you know, Leah, who works a nomad, she calls it the beautiful mess. It's like, (laughs) 
let's show our beautiful mess and really celebrate it and show that that is the testament. Like I am still standing. Dion is still standing and she has all these beautiful practices that have helped her. And she's going to share it with you, Phoebe. She has all these beautiful practices that helped her through those really hard times. And that that's so true. We're, I think our, that is, I'm so grateful to have witnessed that and be a part of it too. And empower people to share their their messy stuff and the space in between yeah because it's like we are a testament to to that which we are sharing with the world you know that 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 gift or that technique or that that strategy or that modality we only know that we know it to work because we've used it ourselves yeah well, back then we couldn't do. I remember, I remember. Um, this is in the nineties when um, when I would uh, my my Ashtanga yoga classes would have seventy people in them, and I was teaching at the university. And I remember one family. It was a mother and two daughters, and that came to every single class that I put on, and they came religiously. And I remember. Coming, do you know when you know you go away for your yoga weekends and you come back and you come back all fired up, and I shared an intimate story about myself, um, being you know congruent in who I am, and it damaged it. It damaged my relationship with this girl. Bit by bit, she started sleeping because that that image, the pedestal she put Mm -hmm. me on when I was sharing that I actually felt this during the weekend. And, you know, I I overcame it and this is what I learned from it. But none of that was heard. It was just the fact that the pedestal had been shattered. And that's how it affected her. And it's like, and that's how it was in the 90s. Not for everybody, but things like that would happen. And then there's other people that that acted differently. Um, For example, I remember... So like this was in between, I was I was I was in between one of those three cycles. Okay, <laughs> so my my boyfriend was still present. Um, so I was in hospital. Okay, and um, I it was just before we were about to travel. Okay, we bought our tickets to India. Okay, right, we got lodges in. Everything was sold. Everything was packed up, you know. Everything yeah. was ready to go. Yeah. I just had to finish my Astanga yoga teacher training course, okay? okay? Um, so I had a birthday party. I had this pain and it was really, really bad. Okay. And I remember walking after the birthday party and everybody travelled for it. And it was, it was a birthday party that was a whole weekend long. And I went down to my, um, what you call your YGPO um, what you call your OBGYN? Uh, oh, general practitioner. Um, just a primary care. Yeah, I thought you were talking so about wait. a gynecologist, but okay. No, not yet. Okay. So I just booked the first appointment. Yeah, and she wrote me a letter. No, she said, you know, she picks up the phone. She goes, "I'm going to call you an ambulance." Oh. I'm like, "No, no, no, no! You can't do that. There's, there's no need." Oh. And she's like, "No, this could be your appendix. I oh, feel it's your yeah. appendix. It's where your appendix is. I have to call an ambulance." And I was like, "I don't want you to call an ambulance. I'm not going in an ambulance. I've got too much to do. I'm sorry, you don't <laughs> understand, right?" 
Oh my I've gosh, you're so much to do. I haven't got time for this right now. Yeah. She goes, you're, she goes, okay, right. Because you're putting me into this position, I have to protect myself. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to write you a letter. I mean, you have to, I have to, you know, I have to write this to say that I've given you the instructions and it's up to you and you're choosing not, not to, to yeah. you know, not to follow through. Yeah. And I said, yeah, fine, just tell them that I'll be there later. Okay. So she writes this letter saying, you know, I've tried to call an ambulance for this lady. She won't go um, for whatever personal reasons. Basically, I just had to clean my house, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would use appendicitis to get out of cleaning my house. Just yeah, yeah, but I was with a man that I knew that it was just cause, it was going to cause a massive argument. Oh. I already had, like, I was ending this relationship anyway, but let me just, oh. like, fix this problem with the relationship oh first. And I always had my yoga class to teach as well. I had to clean my house, had a yoga, um, 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 what's it to teach? Yeah. And what else was I doing that weekend? Anyway, I had things to do, yeah? So, <laughs> dying <laughs> so was not an option. Time. You had way too much, Dion. Uh, no, I cannot die today. Sorry, that's just not going to happen. Because <laughs> she writes this letter, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, right, got it. So I um, I get, I, I go, I, I walk back home up the hill. I get into bed, and I go, look, I rest before I teach. Yeah. So he comes home. I tell him. I get the response that 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 I knew I was going to get. Yeah. Which is why I was building the confidence to leave this man. Okay. In the first place, yeah, because I knew the response. Okay. The response was, oh, fuck it out. Yeah. That was his response. Oh, okay. And yeah. This is the guy you're going to India with. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, and that's his response to, I need an ambulance. That's his response. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So going to India was my way of breaking up, by the way. <laughs> that was already planned. There's other yeah, ways right? you could have done that. Yeah, I was just going to dump this man when I was abroad, you know, but not in my home country because we've got too many, you know, we've been together too long. Oh There's too God. much. There's You're too right. many family ties. There's all of that. There's everybody okay. in your business. Got it. Do you know what I mean? It's okay, just break we... up when you're abroad, yeah? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. I'm so confused. I was like, why do so, you travel with this human being? Okay. Now yeah, I, I knew we weren't going to come home together. So, um, so I, so I'm in hospital yeah. and I've been there for about two, three days. Yeah. And, um, of course they tell me, you know, we think that you need to stay in, da, 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 you know, well, first of all, we would like, you know, we would like to give you a hysterectomy, but it's totally not really up to you. And I'm oh. like, no, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. Um, but the thing is, even before we even, even look at that, you actually don't have much blood in your body. Mm. We actually can't believe the amount of blood you you have okay. and you're functioning. Yeah. We need to give you a blood transfusion okay. of four pints. Oh, wow. I'm like, is that a lot? Yeah. They go, yeah, because a woman only has 45 pints of blood in her, full stop. Yeah. And we need to give you four pints. Yeah, because you were, were you also menstruating at this time? endometriosis I mentioned I was menstruating yeah, the whole time, the time of most of my life okay oh my gosh so you know mathematically yeah it's telling me I've been living on one pint of blood yeah 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 so so having so I had my blood so before my blood transfusions was it before no it's in between yeah. in between my blood transfusions I leave the hospital 
I go to the university to teach my Hashtanga yoga class. Oh my gosh, Dion. Your body wanted to take a break. But but this is me being congruent. So this is the first time I was congruent as an entrepreneur and didn't get any backlash for it in the 90s. And I turned up, I had normal clothes on, but I still had my hospital band. (laughs) I was like, no, what ward am I, my name, date of birth, all of that. Yeah. And had a can oh I had a can kept the cannula yeah. at the cannula in. Okay. And I sit down. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, I get a chair. And it's the end of term. So there's, you know, because at the end of term, we start at 70 students, we go down to 20 okay. because of the unit the university cycle. So there was only okay. 20. So I didn't feel emotionally overwhelmed. Okay. And I said, look, <clears throat> I'm actually in hospital at the moment. Yeah. I've just sneaked out to teach you all. Oh, so <laughs> I'm afraid we don't have any music for class. Yeah. And I'm afraid I cannot demonstrate anything. Yeah. So I need all of you. I know this is a beginner's class, but this is now time for you to up level. Yeah. And you're now intermediates today. Yeah. And you're now going to do it Mesal style. And in India, a teacher does not demonstrate yeah only in western countries yeah meso star means that we talk and you do exactly what you're hearing exactly what we say and we do it in a circle yeah and they were all just excited that they were just being up leveled i was doing this meso style of yoga (laughs) do you know what i mean so it went down like a tree and i just sat there and just spoke and they just did it and it was great and then you went back to the hospital then i went back to hospital Came up with a hot chocolate. They were none the wiser. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so funny. I love it. I'm so grateful that you stayed alive in that interim, but that is a wild story. <laughs> and so to bring it back, you were just talking about being the 90s and not like being this, like vulnerability is definitely a buzzword here now and these days. Like we want to be vulnerable, but vulnerability was yeah. not cool back then vulnerability was that you were weak and you couldn't really handle what x y and z so just buck up and suck it up as we say here in the states you know just suck it up that was like the middle isn't it yeah i reached the middle of mixing it in a little bit by then yeah you were you were in the midst of it it's my hospital band yeah you were in the in-between space there but yeah that's that's quite a story thank you for sharing that (laughs) Oh my gosh, where do we go from there? Oh my. Well, bringing it forward. Yeah. I believe I've learned a lot. Yeah. And to be able to, it's not fast forward, it's literally bringing it forward 10 years from the 90s to the 20s. Yeah. And now we are about to launch a virtual retreat yes which is all about not getting out of bed I know I got to be a part of it I have learned yeah (laughs) from sneaking out of hospital bed to going to the world (laughs) no if you want me come to my bedroom and join me because I ain't fucking moving yes I love it I've learned 
I love it. Now, do you feel, because, I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the the, the retreat. Um, did you feel that the pandemic put you in that place that inspired you? Or was this already, like, in your idea, like, of getting, mm. you know, resting? Were you already embracing rest prior to the pandemic? Or did the pandemic inspire you to it, do this um, retreat? That's a good question. Um let me try and connect the dots. Um, it was, yeah, I got it. It was, um, so when I got back in 2011 and it's just like, it's been an unraveling of different things, different different things coming up and presenting themselves needed healing. Um, one of them was, it actually became time for that operation. Yeah. And that was the hysterectomy. Yeah. And I, it happened around, do you have time for another story? Yes, we have time for one more story. A little bedtime <laughs> story <I'm saying laughs> to get us ready for the retreat that you'll talk about. But yeah, let's do it. It happened around, I, there's a connection between the passing of a father. Mm. And this is really... This still needs to be proven. Um, but as I say, we can see things way before medic starts to investigate and prove it. Yeah. But there is a strong connection, which is surprising to us. There's a strong connection between a passing of a father and a daughter's womb. Mm-hmm. And only people that have lived it, like you're nodding your head right now, yeah. only women that have lived it know this. Yeah. And this is why it's still going to take maybe another 30 years before, you know, a bunch of physicians and doctors and, and um, gyne- gynecologists start to actually look at this and work with it. And it's shocking because we think, you know, we come from our mothers and it's women that give birth. And therefore, is there's the connection, the biological connection is the umbilical cord of our mother. And no, it's yeah. not. Yeah. And um, I know I was in, I was in my home and I received this text message and it said dad is in hospital he's just had a stroke Mm. and I got this like this iron it's like um like like a blacksmith you know the the saw that they have to knock around the iron in the fire and it was like one of those stakes like just stabbed me in my womb oh yeah and it was when was this in your life? So th- this was 2000, 2014. Okay. So I just started to slow down from traveling around my country doing that, yeah. that private um, job yeah. um, as a therapist and started to become a little bit more stable because I was feeling burnt out by that. Yeah. And I thought, look, it's just, I just need to go back to, you know, my, 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 my own business. And then this happened. I and I remember having to like, and even then I was like, I'm not, you know, it's not in my life. It wasn't in my life. Okay. So I was like, I'm not gonna drop everything and run. Hmm. I'm gonna finish doing my vacuuming. It's always about cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she has a spotless apartment, my I'm friend. I'm gonna tuck it in the shopping. 
Uh, I'm going to make margarines on my shrine. I'm going to make a cup of tea. And I will get to the hospital when I get to the hospital. And if I miss him and he dies and he does, and if he doesn't, then he doesn't. And I'm going to accept whatever it is at that point. But I am not dropping everything. I need to breathe through this. Yeah. And I remember, like, making my way to the hospital. And it was, like, three supposed to be three different transportations but it ended up being five, five or six and I remember bumping into somebody and there we go and it was a vocal a vocal teacher she was like are you okay Dion because I looked like state of shock and I'm like mm, got a bit of pain she goes yeah you look like you're in pain she goes are you okay though there's something else and I was like I told her she goes I'm so sorry call me later on and let me you know tomorrow let me know that everything's okay and I got to the hospital and he was still alive and, you know, dealt with all of that. And the pain was there, but it was easing up, but it was there. So a whole year of this journey of him being alive and suffering in, the, in this way and, and caring for him and looking after him. And, and then the family started to deteriorate, basically, mm-hmm. as well at this point this is a year on and he was leaving hospital no so it wasn't a year on it was four months on and he was leaving hospital and the family started to deteriorate and um I I ran okay I ran away I needed a break I ran away for two weeks yeah and I ended up in London and I woke up that day and my friend was like what are you gonna do And I just went, I I couldn't sleep. You should have slept all night. I said, I slept, I fell asleep asleep about three o'clock. And um, sorry, um, I've had three hours sleep. I fell asleep at five o'clock. And the only way that I, the only reason why I fell fell asleep was I fell into into this dream state and it's become very, very clear that I have to have a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. And he's not spiritual. You know, my mate's a lawyer. Yeah. So, and his wife is um, a politician. So they're looking at me like, um, you know, trying to accept me and love me unconditionally. But you know, it's like, you had a dream and you woke up and now you're telling us that you're going to have it. You know, that's a really big decision to make over a dream. Yeah. And um, you also have I'm this like, history. so I said, look, every, every fibroid in my body is actually not mine. Yeah. That one's my dad. That one's my mom. That's one's my sister. That's my. I've got a family of six. I've got. This is an old friend. Every fibroid had a name on it. Yeah. It was a wound from a relationship, and it was so so clear to me. So all these like thirty years of trying to heal, yeah, and literally going through every woo-woo therapy and training in them and all of them. It was like my body doesn't process relationships. 
it's too weak to process relationships half half the time I'm living on one pint of blood it just stays in my body like you know like I said about like healing people and like their pain staying in my body things stay they get stark yeah and it and I've realized that I emotionally you know beforehand I was emotionally attached to healing myself and then writing that book that I've healed myself from endometriosis and therefore if I can you can and I was feeling like you know having a hysterectomy is basically for a therapist it's a snap that you failed Mm. so waking up and seeing quite clearly I haven't failed I actually I've just woken up to the fact that these tumours are other people. Yeah. That, yeah, I hold. Yeah. But I can't, I can't, I can't in like one year, two years, three years with the weakness of my body let go of all of them and have them all dissolve. Where are they going to dissolve to? These tumours are massively pieces of matter. Yeah. My stomach was four months pregnant with tumours. That's how big I was. Yeah. I'd live wearing dungarees. Yeah. And um, so I said, yeah, I'm, just, yeah, I'm ready. I'm all, I, I don't see it as a failure anymore. They can cut them out. I'm happy for them to cut them out. Yeah. So um, that happened at the end of that year. And at that same time, everyone just like, not everybody, but so many people just died around me mm. as well, externally. So 12 weeks after my surgery, my father then passed. Okay. You know, but my uncle passed before him and my granddad passed six six weeks after my dad and another father figure passed eight months before my surgery, you know, and it was just seriously, everybody was just like, you know, drop it. Yeah. And um, there was just so much had gone. So in the building up and one, you know, after such a, a, such a a life-changing experience and a life um life circumstances changing with the presence of these people in your life no longer being in your life because they've passed away from one reason or another yeah you know um good girlfriend car accident um granddad was cancer but you know lots of different reasons yeah and um in the building up of like your health when you're like okay you've got to stop thinking about work now Dion how are you gonna work what work can you go back to and when it comes to a hysterectomy the people that writes those leaflets that exist in hospitals to give you and your care package to go home with saying how how long your healing will take and um, when you can go back to work and when you can lift um, a bag of sugar, a bag of flour and when you can have sex with your husband, it's all a load of bollocks. Yeah. Because for a hysterectomy in the UK, for example, and I'm sure it's even less time in in the US because we generally have more holidays yeah so in this country it's 12 weeks yeah. for example 12 weeks before you can have sex with your husband okay. yeah 
So in the U, it's in the US, I can imagine it's eight, something like that, eight yeah. or ten. I don't know. Right? Yeah. That's a ridiculous number. Yeah. And then you go on YouTube and you learn that a cut that has opened your body up takes two years to heal. Yeah. So how can you go from 12 weeks to two years? And it's simply a measurement as to how long can a man go without sex? Yeah. Okay, we put 12 weeks on it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before it's like, okay, then we start thinking about working outside of the family unit and having an affair. You know, it's men that write these leaflets, do you know what I mean? And it it was a male yoga teacher that that told me two years because a good friend of him, of him, from him, of him, had a history to me. Yeah. I was going on what they were saying, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 18, 18 weeks. Yeah. You know, because every time I went back, still like, I can't do anything. They were like, take another four weeks off, take another two weeks off. And I was out in the walk. I was going for one of the exercise walks when I bumped into that yoga teacher. And he said, no, two years. Yeah. But society isn't made up for you to take that amount of time off work. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And anybody that's had cancer, you know, can verify that. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, what can I do? Yeah. And although I have muscular memory of being able to do a handstand, this, that, and the other, I am in no position to teach asana yoga. And at that same time, I'm looking at what am I using to heal my body? Yeah. And four weeks, when I mean, it started two weeks after the surgery, um, you can't sleep. Sleep doesn't come. It literally doesn't visit your body. Yeah. So what I was using to go to sleep, besides, you know, the drugs and the para, uh, passiflora and chamomile and all of that and valerian tea, um, I was using yoga nidra. I was using yoga nidra during the day, halfway through the day, and I was using yoga nidra at night. Okay. But still, I would only sleep for two hours and then I was up again. Okay. My eyes were open again. But still, yoga nidra was the only thing that was actually helping the, the nervous system that was completely spiked and doing like, like this yeah. to settle and calm a bit, even though it was still shaking. It was, it was still the calmest the body, the nervous system could be. So eight months after my surgery, I was like, let me just try again, because I looked this up six years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't available. So I typed in yoganesia training and bam, it was here. Yeah. It was actually here in the UK. And I was like, yeah. that's the answer. So I took myself down to London and I trained as a yoganesia teacher. Yeah. And then the sound work came with that and after that. So when I, when 2020 struck, which is three years into being a yoga ninja science gay part healing artist. Yeah. Went back up a little bit before that, before 2020 struck, can I just say, um, a year before 2020 struck, I'm, I'm working as a yoga ninja healing artist. I'm trying to go back to massage, but still my body... It's been over two years now, but then I was like 
tears is here. <laughs> Should be able to jump back through my legs now. Yeah. Still that marker. Still looking for that two-year marker. Um, as every YouTube video we say, two years open surgery, you should be fine. And um, I'm still hooked up to this hospital and that hospital and this hospital and that consultant because my body isn't working as it should in my eyes or their eyes. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I'm hooked up to a orthopedic hospital. This is my third appointment and they finally have some results of an MRI scan. And he examines me before that as well. And he touched my knee in a particular way. And I, oh, I scream. It was, it was so painful. I was like, I was, you know, the sort of scream was like, why have you done to me? Let go, you know, get yeah. off me. And, um, and he just nodded. And then he turns his screen and he goes, um, you have fibroneuralgia. Okay. And um, do you see this? And this is actually the picture of my spine. Okay. Of the injury that happened when I was 21. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he goes, you have arthritis of the spine. Yeah. And I'm like, ping. Yeah. And it was just like a light bulb moment. Yeah. It was like, of course, that's obvious. Why didn't I see that? Yeah. So I'm of the belief that this world, this, 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 yeah, this world that, that is made up for us to work in the way that we work. And, and that tells us um, with these ridiculous expectations upon, upon healing that we are meant to be able to lift this up after 12 weeks. And this is the 16-week barrier and this is the 18-week barrier and four months this and six months that contributed to me having fibroneuralgia. Yeah. Because every time I I did those actions of lifting and carrying and all these different movements, I was literally putting more wear and more tear mm -hmm. on my body. Yeah. And therefore traumatizing it more and more and more and more and more to the point that it's at the point of can't, can't, can't heal. It can't heal. Yeah. It's traumatized. It's in a state of P PDST. Yeah. And that's fibroneuralgia. Yeah. So I decided just before Corona was announced in the UK to, to give up massage work and to really embrace moving my business online okay. and going through a different route. And then Corona happened, hmm. which meant that everybody did exactly that. Yeah. 
And then I pivoted again at the end of um, August, September. And I decided that I wanted to speak to people that were in a similar position. Yeah. And really create something to teach people how to really, really embrace and embody rest. And when you're disabled and enabled and unabled, and although that is happening to the body, if the mind is not resting with it, if the mind is thinking like I was when that doctor wanted to call me an ambulance, and I'm like, no, I've got to go home and clean my house because yes. I've got a horrible boyfriend that I'm leaving. No, no, no. Um, yeah, can you just give me that third pint of blood while I just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to the toilet and then nipping out to see each other. Yeah. If the mind yeah. is still going, 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 on, 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 yeah. and not resting with the body, yeah. the nervous system will not let the body heal. Yeah, it's in the fight or flight, the sympathetic yeah. nervous system, yeah. And that is how the rest and digest retreat was born. I love it. And when, where and when can people access the rest and digest retreat? Well, I'm just, well, we, you know, we had the live version, as you know, yes. you were a part of it. I was. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And right now, I'm just um, I'm editing. I mean, it's nearly finished its, its editing stage, and it's about to be uploaded. And you're going to be able to find it at the the virtual holistic center, which is a which is a membership site for online classes, teachers, healers, modalities of all different types. That's you know all the therapies that I've used throughout my life is going to be there as well as the rest and digest retreat. I love it. Yeah. Uh, that's such a powerful story that you shared, Diane, about, you know, your journey through, um, and, and I'll, we'll talk more individually uh, after this at some point about your journey. Cause I had never, um, been put that, put that perspective of the father and the connection to father and fibroids, but I have my own personal story too of that. So that's why I was nodding my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what you're doing right now, it sounds like the universe put you on this path, like get in bed. There are so many, so many moments, even, even that like 11 year old who was falling down the stairs and woke up and had to go get up and go back in bed. And just all of these little stories that you, you shared with us today, it just sounds like it, the message has been rest, get in bed, and you are now embodying that and helping others see that message and, and live it too. So thank you for, for sharing all that you did here today and that all you are doing in this world. Um, we definitely need need that reminder, especially in the Western world where we are just, oh, let me let me just do this one more thing. <laughs> Does it matter if I'm dying or if dad's about to die? I just got to get my house cleaned, as you said. Um, yeah, we, we do have that mentality. I mean, we kind of laughed about it and you lived through it, but there's so many people out there with that same story too, and similar, you know, essence yeah. of that story. So uh, thank you for sharing that and reminding us of that today. Yeah. You're welcome. 
really, really, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And we're and, going... Yeah, Sorry. I'm just saying, uh, I, do, I do know the residents of... Um, that there is some so many similarities between us. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward to, to, to your book coming out. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So let me know when that happens. Yeah, we'll be in touch, I'm sure. But we'll, And we'll have the links to your website and the retreat as soon as the, this comes out, which I think is only in a week or two, so... Um, yeah and yeah. um this is just like the rest is just an ex it's just the beginning yeah. I think every project that I come out from now on will have that same essence yeah. and that same message so my youtube channel is actually so my yoga my yoga name is cozy yoga okay that's and that is all to do with um embodying um doing yoga in the most restful um and the, yeah the most restful state in the most restful ways Beautiful. from now on I'll only teach um restorative I'll only teach restorative yin yoga nidra and sound and um I shall leave the standing poses and the power yogas to other people so you'll only find really intimate work and sleepy work on my youtube channel cozy yoga I love cozy yoga. And then also find you at the clubhouse. Yeah. And that's also under cozy yoga she's, as well. At the she's hanging out there all the time. Doesn't matter what time zone you're on. Guess what? Go follow Dion and go hang out with her in some room. There's some really good DJs that I sleep to. So I'm there. But I'm in the, I'm in the, um, I was in the cotton club last night. I went to sleep in the cotton club. Oh, fun. So. I haven't been in there, but I like the lullaby room. I went in there one time. Yeah. yeah. So when you saw me in there, I was yeah. possibly asleep, but in there. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dion. Well, this conversation will continue, I'm sure. But again, thank you so much for being here today. And it, it means a lot. So, yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our time with Dion and hearing that extraordinary journey of her healing journey. It definitely deeply resonated with my own journey and, and I can completely felt for her. And I hope that it did with you too. And if you know somebody it might resonate with, send this episode to a friend, share it, let them know, let them know that they're not alone on this healing journey. And if you're somewhere where you can leave us a review, please do so. We would so, so be grateful to hear from you and know if this is resonating with you and subscribe, definitely subscribe so you get your notifications every week. Every Tuesday, we release a live episode for you. And again, come visit us. Come visit the Nomad community. We are offering our monthly gatherings this month. We're diving into, we're digging into rather, the spiritual practices to rise beyond the spiritual bypassing. And we're doing that through the Movement 109 ceremony this Sunday, March 14th. 
And you can dig into Who Are You Becoming, a six-week self-paced course, as well as Who Are We Becoming, where you can dive into the live element of that and have a support group. And we're also launching in April an even deeper version of that, of sharing each other's stories. So this will actually only have seven spots open for this one, seven spots open where we are meeting together every week, sharing each other's stories, dancing each other's stories. And we've done this twice now, and it has been so, so impactful in my life and everybody's life who's been a participant. It's really been a step into transformation, and I cannot wait to share it again with, with you all. We I work one-on-one with each person in that group. So it's it's the layers of, of who are you becoming and the other version with the live calls, but we go even deeper. So that begins in April. Go ahead and find out about this and everything else we do at Nomad at nomadalwaysathome.com. And you can also learn about me, Phoebe Leona. Dot com and definitely click on the links for Dion and learn more about her already. But everyone, have a good one.